Hi, I'm Kirsten, and this is a topic about men's mental health. I've been researching this topic to try to understand why men have a harder time with their negative emotions than women. I'm interested in this topic because I read about the suicide rate of men being four times higher than women's. I never ever see anyone actually advocating for men's mental health, so I decided I would try. I'm hoping to educate and raise awareness of the seriousness of of this topic. I've interviewed mental health professionals and had my own personal experiences. Many men in my life have had serious struggles with their mental health. This has helped me to understand and inform myself on the sorrowful topic of men's mental health. For my first interview, I interviewed Emily Jonesburg, a member of the WISE Foundation. WISE is dedicated to ending stigma, building resilience, inclusion, and finding hope for mental health. The stigma that we have across our society that impacts men and women, people um, from all walks of life and accessing mental health care negatively impacts them on an individual level, but then also in their relationships with others, their ability to connect with friends and family and really contribute on a broader level in our um, society. And so this stigma that it's not even normal, quote unquote, or acceptable, that it's a sign of weakness to reach out for help, really prevents people from reaching their full potential and living a life that really feels fulfilling and accepting and uh, affirming to them. And when we're not able to do that, we further experience mental health challenges oftentimes. And it takes us into a place uh, further away from the sense of wellness and a holistic sense of who being who we, who we are and who we um, want to become. So it, I'd say just so many different levels there of the stigma impact. Um, and I would pinpoint certainly our the ability to to be our best selves and for ourselves and those around us. Yeah, I can agree with that. I definitely feel like I feel like women sometimes are able to lead more of a more like fulfilling and emotional life and get like actually emotionally attached to things, while men are like seen as weak for doing that. Mhm, mhm. And I would say that it's. Obviously, with any one of these situations, it's not true about an entire group, right? We, I know plenty of women that struggle with it, and I know plenty of men that have made lots of progress uh, and are able to connect with their feelings and are comfortable and being vulnerable. And I think at a societal level here in the United States, typically it is unfortunately frowned upon for men to be vulnerable and accepting and uh honest about what they're experiencing emotionally emotionally wise unless it's anger or frustration um or maybe excitement happiness those things are accepted but uh, anything else outside of those seems to be frowned upon and you're and i agree connected to some level of weakness yeah yeah um so what do you think we can do to make men feel more comfortable like sharing their like negative emotions I think a lot of it is going to come from men doing the work around that. So men talking with other men about their feelings. Like if we've, there was a while back, a documentary I I watched, and I think he's still doing some work 
Jackson Katz, K-A-T-Z, and he did a whole kind of documentary on toxic masculinity. He's a, he's a man. He talks mm-hmm. about the need for us to have these conversations. And I think it's people like him and other leaders that identify as men who are going to really step out and say, this is a problem. And it's not just a problem because of the way that we're interacting with the world, which I think sometimes is how it it comes up that people are concerned about it because men are more often to be violent, um, more often to abuse, for example, other other men and women. Um, but really, there's also this internal toll that it has. I was mentioning before that when men don't feel like they can reach out and access support or be honest, that they're they're becoming more and more withdrawn, depressed, um, less able to access kind of their full self. And I think it's when they're able to hear from other men that negative impact, that it's going to feel a little bit more comfortable for them to step out and give it a try. Yeah. And the more and the more we could do that with younger, with boys, and have those kinds of examples, role models in place, mm-hmm. I think would make a huge uh, difference or impact on our future generations of young men too yeah I agree with that I feel like it's really important that like other men are going to other men who are struggling because I feel like it's easier to come out to someone like with their negative emotions if they're feeling the same thing especially like with men mm-hmm. because I feel like like a guy going to a girl and talking about his problems is like more frowned upon than if a guy went to another guy. Yeah. If that makes and sense. And yet, you know, in my experience, I've often found, particularly when I was younger, that my guy friends would be more likely to come to me as a woman to talk about those things than each other because they were just felt like they were going to be shamed. So when it does happen that men come to women for support or advice or to vent, how we can play a role in being a listening ear and encouraging them to be vulnerable and to be honest about where they're coming from and normalize the fact that they that everyone um, of all genders experiences emotions and the importance of being honest about where we're where we're at. Yeah. Um, how do you think that society has changed on this topic? Do you think that it's been like negative or positive? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, you know, I would have said, so I'm, I'm, uh, 37 years old Mm -hmm. and I I would have said probably about 10, 15 years ago, um, that I felt like we were making some progress, that there, that there were some more conversations happening. There was some comfort in, uh, men speaking up that they, feel that they have a wide range of feelings that they need support similar to the women do and I know recently for me at least in the last few years four to six years maybe um it does feel like we've regressed a little bit but I but I wonder Kirsten if that's really because some of more of this has come to the surface it's not actually regression it's just necessary for us to put this all out there and have people really vocalize how they feel about it and maybe people are more comfortable truly talking about it including their other a different perspective and we need to work through that as a society in order to make some true progress at least that's what I'm I'm hoping yeah that was a really interesting point that other people with like a different point of view are coming out and talking about it too yeah I can definitely see that all over social media 
Yeah, yeah, right. And there were, yeah, and I'd say in the, in the recent past, there's been this, we need to make space for uh, a variety of perspectives, When bef- which is in the long term, hopefully going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's just how do we stick with it? And all of us challenge ourselves to lean out of our comfort zone, to really listen to each other and challenge each other in a supportive way. Yeah. Um, do you think that toxic masculinity is like the main cause of men not coming out with their feelings and feeling more negative about themselves or do you think that's why? I definitely think that's a huge part of it. Certainly there's this training from birth practically. Um, I feel like in, in all, in many different ways in which we interact in the world, we're socialized to behave in a certain way, whether it's because we're being raised as a man or we're being raised as a white person or we're being raised as middle class or whatever the case may be. And there's certainly a lot of that toxic masculinity that's being passed on in that socialization that our society is unfortunately leaving at the feet or the uh, the doorstep of our, our young people and they're picking it up and, and taking it. And I do think that's a big part of why it's challenging for men to embrace their, um, their feelings and access help. But I also think that's paired with what we were talking about in the beginning here, that form of stigma that uh, is applicable to every and anybody when it comes to mental health challenges, right? Like it's not unique um, for just men. Unfortunately, across the board in our society, there's still a lot of stigma associated with getting help when you're struggling. And, And that would be another root cause of why I think people aren't accessing the supports they need yeah um have you ever had like a different point of view on like mental health and like specifically like taking care of men's mental health have you ever thought that like maybe they should just power through it and like be a man about it mm. yeah i mean to be fully transparent i would say male socialization um and as a young person and particularly up through high school i would say yeah i would have said that about women too yeah that there's like this need that all of us just need to figure it out, bottle it up and keep moving. And I realized through my personal experience and struggles, my own mental health challenges, that that just wasn't working. And it it was negatively impacting not just myself, but my ability to connect and have deeper relationships with other people, for me to be able to support other people that I cared about. It left me feeling pretty distant from folks um, and just left me unhappy generally speaking. So it's kind of by trial and error and some additional education that I came to realize it wasn't going to work for me and probably doesn't work for most folks. But yeah, I would totally, I'd say that I've definitely been in that place. Yeah. Um, How do you think that organizations like outside of like organizations that are working for mental health, how do you think that they can reach out to men to make their feelings feel like less embarrassing? organizations that besides mental health related organizations yes well you know first thing that comes to mind is even just um like the ymca that does a lot of mentorship programs for young people um i know and there's like a laundry list of other places (laughs) that do mentoring related stuff i could see them playing a huge role uh, I could definitely see this is not necessarily an organization, but coaches yeah. and the kind of role that coaches play, particularly in young men's lives, oftentimes, they're so often a role model, how they could 
be this sense of strength and um you know control but also pair it with a comfortable dose of vulnerability and acceptance of feelings and show some of that at times yeah. a wide range of feelings that could be really beneficial those mentors would do have a similar thing being a, a place of support and <clears throat> where folks could look up to them and outside of i mean i just everywhere i guess really if i start to think about anybody that works with men young men people in general uh, could have this as part of their platform i'm thinking like religious institutions could have these conversations um i'm sure I'm, I'll, I'll, all sorts of spots it would make it would benefit us as a society if, if everybody was having this conversation yeah do you think um like in commercials on tv like um billboards like things like that like advertisement do you Mm -hmm. think they could do anything to like i don't know like structure their advertisements different maybe to make men seem more vulnerable in them wow yes that's a that would be a um a huge change wouldn't it kirsten i do feel like that i do feel like there's made some progress in my lifetime around that but still the messaging is is quite strong um around the need to not be vulnerable that you see in marketing and yeah that would make a huge impact if we could see changes there uh that social like the socialization i talked about we get it from so many different avenues uh including this kind of more passive consumption which is just the things that we're watching on tv or we're seeing around us we're hearing in our music and having and having that shift could make um, a big impact. I think at the end of the day, the thing that makes the biggest and that we've seen in stigma reduction is the sense of sharing of one's story. When somebody can feel connected to someone else and connected to what it is they're sharing, then they really start to take that in as um, into their psyche in a way of saying, wow, look at, I could look at this and how it applies to me and my experience. I think that's where those closer relationships could come into play or that um, people could develop through those mentorship or other opportunities that even if there's not progress made in all the marketing materials, there could be another an individual series of individuals that would be giving them a different narrative mm-hmm. and in a space to process it. You know, not maybe even just by no means just that this is another way to think about it, but uh, let's talk about it and unpack it. Mm-hmm. And it, give men the opportunity to really look at how these things are impacting them but you need to have some sort of relationship typically to get to that deeper level yeah I would agree with that I definitely think like more close intimate relationships would help you actually like get a new perspective on it mm-hmm yeah, it goes back to that, what I was saying earlier about that, uh, all of us taking an opportunity to pause and listen to each other and really challenge each other and ourselves, our own narrative that we have in ourselves to really um, see if there's a different way of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, like, if there wasn't a stigma behind, like, men's mental health, do you think they would, like, come out with their feelings or do you think they'd still hide them? Oof. I don't know. I would hope that people would feel more comfortable coming out and and vocalizing it. I think in addition to the stigma piece, like we've been talking about, they need examples. They need to know and see what that looks like. I think that even starts in the family. If they can see their loved ones around them displaying emotion, 
and a wide range of them in a healthy way and accessing support that they'll better know how to do that. And then also with the stigmas gone, won't feel conflicted or constrained when they do feel like they need to um, talk to somebody about what's going on with them. It's a big part of it, but there's probably some additional work around that. So in America, I'd say we see a lot of homes without fathers. Do you think that has a major impact or do you think Mm. that's just kind of a side thing? Oh, that's a deep question. Um, Do I think it has an impact? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I couldn't I couldn't say for certain. I, I haven't looked through that lens about particularly access to mental health. Uh, supports and fighting stigma in homes without uh, a man or a father present. I mean, I would imagine, I would assume, as most folks would, when I talked about the example piece, it's nice to have as many examples as possible of ways in which to process your emotions in a healthy manner, and having another adult in that space would certainly help with that, certainly if it's an adult that feels well enough um, to set examples for young people around them. As a as a mom myself, and I have a partner here, that I even just having to be a single parent would negatively impact my ability to be as centered as I'd like with my emotions and display them in a way that I think could really be a teachable moment for the young people that I'm raising. Yeah. So even just that extra support, you know, would give would take a little bit of burden off of me so that I could care for myself in a different way, so I could show up differently. for my for my kids but but also it doesn't I don't think it has to be necessarily a a quote-unquote father figure in the home Uh, I'm sure it could be other supports that that family accesses through through extended family or chosen family yeah have like how sorry (laughs) you're Um, fine (laughs) how have you seen um like men with poor mental health I mean health like affecting you Oh. Mm. Um. Well, I think that there's going back to that socialization piece. You know, we. I feel like as a woman, I've been socialized to care for others, um, which and put that above my own well-being. Mm-hmm. And so I can think of many of examples when the men in my life have not been doing well and have had poor mental health, haven't felt comfortable for whatever reason accessing additional supports and I have stepped in to feel like I need to be the one to provide the extra care even if I don't feel I have the capacity or the skills or I'm even the right fit um, I still have this inclination that I should be the one that steps into that space and often do and as a result it certainly leaves me feeling more drained over time especially if I can't set up healthy boundaries in that um, then I'm not being I'm not prioritizing my own mental health well-being and taking care of myself so I'd say that's certainly one example I can I can think of many of times too where men that were struggling um, from the little either the little or the lot that I knew about them that sometimes it would come out in anger Um, and would come out in anger towards lots of things, including the women around them. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously that, you know, that has, can have an impact. I, 
I'd say I've had some, I haven't experienced domestic violence in my uh, life, fortunately, but I've certainly been in altercations with men, particularly when younger, that were in high, high, really struggling and very angry, very touchy, and reacted violently as a result. Um, so a need to defend myself in those situations, you know? And I think that that is probably another piece that a lot, a lot of women consciously or subconsciously think about that if we get this sense that uh, a man is not doing well mental health wise or is in a heightened state, is unregulated, um, isn't getting the support that they need, we, in in addition to this, we need to be there to help them, particularly with someone we know and love, there's also this uh, kind of protective stance we get into in order to protect ourselves and maybe other loved ones that may be interacting with this man um, because so often men are trained to only exhibit the anger and force side of emotion. Yeah. So I, I've definitely felt that in spaces as well, the need to protect me or protect other people around me from, um, from a, a man being upset. Yeah, that's definitely something I haven't really looked into how it is probably harder for women to help men because they might feel like afraid that they're going to lash out on them. That was really interesting. Yeah, and I'd say it obviously depends on the relationship, right? And gain further knowledge and become a sightable speaker, I talked to mental health professional Emily Jonesberg. I listened carefully to ensure that I soaked in her perspective. She offered a ton of information and gave me plenty of new views. She brought up the point that men aren't allowed to show any emotions other than anger, frustration, and sometimes happiness. Once they show sadness, they are perceived as weak, inferior, or overall just not a real man. I have seen this countless times in my life, even from male adults in my family, especially adult males to little boys. It seems like as soon as a boy starts crying, you can always bet on someone looking down at him and saying, man up or grow a pair. It's comments like this that start the toxicity that affect men far into adulthood. As Miss Jones shared her questions, shared her own questions, opinions, and facts, I realized how truly important it is that we help combat the tribulations of men's mental health. We address toxic masculinity, the effects mental health stigma has, and we recall the fact that compared to women, men are three times more likely to kill themselves. In my next interview, I will definitely ask the interviewee to state their stance on men's mental health. I wonder what could happen if I just dug a little deeper into Jonesburg's personal point of view. I plan to do more research by then and hopefully have some better questions just to see a more personal side of the story. Okay, this is Nicholas Wampler. He is my dad, and he has been a man his whole life. <laughs> so I feel like he'll know something and have a very strong opinion. So, my first question. Do you believe that there is a mental health stigma? Yes and no. Well, on certain on certain aspects of people's mental health, I th- I think that there is a stigma because I feel that certain people take and abuse their they abuse their ability to elaborate on their mental health to to people so that over a period of time a person 
continues to say that I've, I've got mental health issues, mental health issues, and people don't believe them because, because they don't put anything behind it. Yes. I would agree on that on some aspects. Do you think that men need to man up whenever they're feeling sad or having really horrible emotions? It dep- I guess it would depend on what what a male is going through. Um, as in, you know, if, if, if he's going through a, a loss of a family member, well, those emotions should probably come out because it's probably not healthy to hold them in. But if he's dealing with uh, things on an aspect of a small issue at work or my friends don't like me. I, I think, yeah, he should, he should be able, he should man up and hold some of those things inside. Yeah. Um, so like in this stance, it would be like feeling like maybe a little bit depressed or like having some anxiety. I guess. Would you still feel the same way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of anxiety. I mean, you have to overcome, overcome your fears. Uh, you're in the in the world of a man. You're supposed to be tough, so you need to overcome your fear. You shouldn't have a, a large amount of anxiety. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think society has helped men with their emotions and like coming out and like feeling okay with them, or do you think they've made it worse? Hmm. Um. made it worse made it worse for men to keep their emotions in or for them to bring them out mm, keep them in and what I'm, I'm not really sure on i don't uh i would say i i, I guess i would say that i would think that society has is trying to make it better for men to come forward mm-hmm. with their emotions rather than try and hold them back. Yes. Do you think that toxic masculinity is a real thing? As in the meaning of trying to tell somebody that they sh- should be strong and they should man up? Mm. Is that the meaning of the question? My, I mean, I guess my definition of toxic masculinity would probably be like pushing it on men to be so masculine throughout their whole life that they feel like anything they do that could be seen as feminine is like looked down upon. Well, I I mean, again, there's certain aspects that uh, I feel that there's certain things that, yeah, you should, you should man up because if the, the more that somebody... The more that somebody uh, babies you or gives into your wants and needs or, or lets you do things, it's, that's, that's the way people foresee you in the future. So, so yeah, I, I, I think that you should man up. Yeah. Do you think that 
that concept of toxic masculinity is a reason why men don't talk about their feelings. It's possible. Yeah. What mindsets have you had that have improved your perspective on your own mental health? What mindsets have I had that improved my own? Yeah, like, have you ever been in a time where it wasn't so great and then, like, something clicked and you realized you need to change something? Um, yeah. The, the, yeah, there has been times. And, yeah, it's it's uh, I focus on myself and, and make those changes. Or see see something that I know that can make that change, and then just you just do it. Yeah. Did you talk to anyone about it that yeah. helped? No. You just did it yourself. Yep. Very interesting. Has your point of view always been the same, or have you ever like looking back thought, well, maybe I should have talked to someone, or maybe like someone you knew should have went and talked to someone rather than like holding it in uh yeah there has been times that yeah my point of view probably has changed yeah do you think that social media has an influence on men's mental health the way that it affects women i would say yes for certain men uh Mm -hmm. I, I know for others, I mean, it, it all, it all depends on how you, you feel about yourself and how, how things affect you. So I know that social media can be, there can be a lot of bullies on social media. So people's mental health, men and women, both, but men, especially men can take that a lot harder sometimes because they're a lot more sensitive or can be sensitive when mm-hmm. others aren't. So they just brush it off. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I always feel like I see a lot of like body positivity or like body inclusive, inclusive. I don't know how to say that word. Never inclusiveness. Like, yes. For like women, but I feel like I never see it for men. Do you think that men might be less confident because of that? Cause they're always seeing like yoked guys. What, what what is a yoked guy? Super muscular. Oh, okay, that's a new term. Learned something new here today. Yeah, um, it's possible. Uh, I, I think probably there's some some people that yeah that have issues with their body type and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, as far as men goes, that yeah you don't that is something that you don't see on social media as much as because I, I and I don't I don't quite understand why or know why do you think it's important that maybe like social media starts doing that showing inclusivity is that the word I don't know for I like that's correct men too <clears throat> um No, I don't think that they necessarily need to push towards that because I, I, I think that men should be confident with what they have anyhow. I don't yeah. think that they need social media to tell them what's right and wrong. 
Yeah, that's a good look at it. Um, well, I guess in a lot of research that I've done so far, I've read a lot about like when women are going through like a hard time mentally, they usually are like, you can see that they're sad and like anxious, but like men internalize it differently. I feel like they take out more like anger on people and like they have a lot higher of like substance abuse. So how have you seen like that affecting you? Um, anger. Yeah. I, I do feel that men hold in, uh, men tend to hold in their feelings and their thoughts because they, they don't want to let them out. Uh, so yeah, they, they trigger really easily for certain, certain aspects and, and do get angry. Uh, the substance abuse side of it, that I'm, I mean, I'm not positive on, I know, I know that alcohol plays a big part in, in, I feel that alcohol plays a big part in a man's mental stability sometimes. Uh, but anger, most definitely, I think that everybody has that, that trigger, especially for a man when they hold things in, whether it be emotions or anxiety or anything, that anger is, a, is definitely a big issue. Yeah. Um, how would you like to see society change, like, their viewpoints on this? Like, which way do you want to see society go with this? For, for all this as a whole? Yeah, would you rather them, like, keep pushing for men to start talking about their feelings and trying to find help with their mental health? Or would you rather them keep it to themselves, like in the past? Um, I mean, everything the world needs to change, everything changes and change is always a good thing uh to a point so i think moving forward that yeah it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a problem to start making changes to where uh men feel more comfortable expressing their feelings uh and expressing their issues more openly yeah i would agree with that I think it should change. What is the most concerning part of the difference between like men's mental health and women's like and how they express it? Oh. I would honestly, I guess I would have to say that the biggest concern is, is it, on how they express it is men tend to take their anger out, uh, not, not necessarily anger, but which their, their mental issues can lead to anger. So they tend to take that out on people when they shouldn't. So instead of expressing their problem or their feeling, uh, they, would, they would rather take that out in another, in another form, another, another stress reliever. Yeah. So sometimes that could lead to mental or physical abuse to their friends or family or their partner in life. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair. Me either. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, um, like the most concerning part for me, I would agree with you is like how they take it out. I feel like you see like most like mass shootings in schools are usually like always men. And I feel like, 
those people who do it are probably like severely depressed and don't have anyone, so they get mad and take out on like a whole bunch of people. I think uh, that's concerning. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other topic, but, but yeah, but I mean, yes, things like that, the way that, like I said, the way that they take it out, and I, I can agree with that, that they, they take things out on people that they shouldn't. Yeah. After my interview with Ms. Jonesburg, I realized that I've been looking solely from the point of view of a woman. I needed to see a counterclaim and a claim from the viewpoint of a man. I asked my own dad to help me out with this one. We talked about the debate of toxic masculinity, the mental health stigma, but we disagreed mostly. However, I'm glad we were able to have this talk. I wonder what would happen if the whole world would try to see each other's opposing viewpoints the way he and I did. He offered many new perspectives and insight on what it means to be honest and upfront about your emotions rather than beating around a bush. He had an interesting point, point involving the analogy of the boy who cried wolf. To summarize, he explained that some men or like other people in general, may use a mental health claim as a way to gain pity. And when they really do have a mental health issue, no one would believe them because of their previous claims. I've seen this just a few times in my life, mostly from young men who are trying to gain attention from girls. However, I believe that people use their real mental health problems in order to make conversation or cope with their feelings. I feel like Many people don't really know how to talk about it, so they just bring it up randomly as if it was something to just talk about. As a society, I think if we made it easier for men to seek professional help, then men wouldn't feel the need to overshare in order to confiscate for a broader issue. While my dad was sharing his opinion, I thought about his perspective very carefully. While I may not agree with him, I do think he is right on some levels. We disagree respectfully and enjoy hearing each other's beliefs. We both agree that it's not okay for a man experiencing sadness or depression to be more likely to act aggressively towards others. I'm interested to see where this conversation could have gone had I interviewed someone who was more outspoken about this subject. We see this every day on social media. But it seems whenever you're talking to someone face-to-face, they don't seem as biased, I guess. My dad and I have had a very civil conversation, but as we see every day in society, it could have gone very far off the deep end. I wish all of society could talk to each other and be happy to hear another point of view, and they could maybe even learn something new. As this podcast comes to an end, I realize how thankful I am to be able to share my opinion with others. I am so happy I was able to connect with Ms. Jonesburg to gain some new facts and viewpoints. I am also happy I was able to talk to someone who has an opposing opinion. It means a lot in this day and age to have the ability to disagree peacefully. I even feel as if I learned something from hearing my dad's side of the story. Although as a society, we owe it to men to let them be heard. Men live a life where they're ashamed of feeling depressed or anxious, and there's no reason why they should have to live with that guilt, especially when it comes to their own feelings. It is said that men are nearly three times as likely as women to become dependent on alcohol, more likely to be victims of violent crimes, and two to three times more likely to misuse drugs than women. With staggering statistics explaining the urgency of the silent killer, 
I don't understand why we aren't doing more to ensure men are okay and actively seeking help when they need it. I created this podcast because of what I see on social media. So much hate and exclusivity to men of all ages, race, sexuality, religious backgrounds. You get the point. I see women getting advocated for, which is great, and I love it. But men need it too. Human life as a whole has been so polarized, and it is sad to see how polarized we have become on topics as easy to help as this. I am hoping that anyone who wants to make a difference will listen to this podcast and spread positivity to others. Reach out to your friends you feel are struggling, because if you don't do it now, I guarantee you will regret it if they happen to be gone tomorrow. Thank you.